It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day, in the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount Plus. Welcome into another edition of UNC Football Scouting Reports. I'm host Tommy Ashley. Jason Staples is the guy y'all are here to listen to inside Carolina's renowned and famous and infamous and very important football analyst. to this you most likely listened to our first episode the safeties earlier in the week jason of course breaks down um, upwards of 50 plus north carolina current roster north carolina players every season every off season such as there is no off season here we are cornerbacks said uh leaving last episode that we would pigeonhole deandre boykins into the corners so here we are Jason Staples, DeAndre Boykins is a guy who has made a lot of plays. Um, some teams were able to sort of exploit some of his flaws. Your rankings are interesting in this one. Tell us about it. Yeah, Boykins is is he's one of the more interesting players I, I looked at actually uh, because he he was so important to the to the Carolina defense, and at the same point had some limitations that also hurt the Carolina defense at times. So he brought a lot of strengths to the table also has some limitations and how much he grows or what they do with that position this year, I think is going to have a lot to do with the further growth of the overall defense. So, so yeah, he, he's a, he's an interesting case because I actually think of him as more of a, he's a, he's an undersized big nickel. <laughs> right. A big nickel is 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 what a, uh, a lot of, you know, it's the star position at, at Carolina. But it's it's what a lot of uh, a lot of people call uh, what used to be the Sam linebacker. And now virtually everybody bases out of 11 personnel where you got three receivers on the field. And so most defenses, their actual base is a five defensive back coverage, five defensive back uh, uh, personnel. So. Boykins is in the spot that generally gets switched out. Usually the way that things work now is you have two kind of inside linebackers, your Will and your Mike, and then your Sam linebacker becomes the star, your, your nickelback or whatever. And how you structure that, that position helps define what you are as a defense. Now, there are a few different ways of going about that. One is the traditional nickelback, where you basically put a cornerback on the field. You put your third corner on the field. And now you've got three corners, two safeties for your five defensive backs. Another option is to go with more of a big nickel, which is someone who's so the it's a it's someone who's more of a, a hybrid player who's kind of a safety linebacker hybrid more than a say corner 
safety hybrid for that for that fifth defensive back position. And again, you could have just the straight corner position. So there's kind of three ways of doing it. Corner, corner safety hybrid, or safety linebacker hybrid. And the big nickel is usually kind of the, the, the safety linebacker hybrid. Boykins is he's sort of in between. He's, he's really a, a, a kind of a safety corner hybrid, but not quite. So he's kind of in between there. So in that sense, that's why I kind of call him a, a, an undersized big nickel. Cause in some ways he, he fills with the physicality and, and all of that of a more safety linebacker hybrid. He brings some, you know, he's a rocked up, you know, strong uh, physical kind of players for, for his size and uh, and 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 brings a little more physicality to the position than you'd expect from somebody who's listed at what 197. Uh, he, he's he he he's more physical and and plays bigger than 197 pounds. So that's kind of where I where I think of him is he's more of a uh, of that kind of hybrid position where I think he's less of a corner and more of a more of a of a third safety, if you will, who uh, uh, fills that 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 defensive back role that that's in this, that is defending slot receivers, defending tight ends and filling the alley there against the run often, you know, handling uh, contain and uh, blitzing off the edge, those sorts of things. And he, he was pretty effective at a lot of that stuff. I mean, he was very good as a pass rusher last year. Uh, when he blitzed, he brought it. Uh, he's got very good suddenness. He uh, he's a pretty, in terms of overall acceleration and all of that, he's a pretty twitchy guy. Um, he, you know, accelerates fast, gets up to top speed fast, closes on the ball fast, does a lot of those things well. Um, and, and that's really where that's, those are, those are important traits for a guy at that position. And, and I think that's, that's really where his strengths are. He's a guy that, uh, that, basically is willing to mix it up with bigger bodies in the run, in the running game and, and showed uh, he's willing to, to come up and, and, and fill and take on big blockers and, and undercut things and do a lot of the dirty, dirty work that you need to have to have an efficient run defender. And actually I'm looking right now at his, uh, at his pro football focus grades on the uh, scouting report that I've got here. They had him at a 79.6 run defense, uh, uh, great which is really good that's that's very good especially from that position uh you know anywhere in the 80 range and that's you know round up to 80 that's that's well above replacement level i mean he that's 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 solid production in that department and and that kind of characterizes where his real strength is i think that the the film kind of validates that the the place where he's more limited is kind of if you looked at if you just looked at the at the roster if you just looked at how the um at how the at, at the paper you would expect him to be more of a coverage guy at that height and weight and really the surprising thing is in terms of that if you just looked at the paper is when you turn on the film he's not as strong in coverage as what you would like for that fifth guy uh, so, you know, in, in that sense, he's he's more like a smaller kind of twitchier, true Sam linebacker who's pretty good at that job as a Sam linebacker, but isn't a guy that you really want matched up one on one with some of the quicker slots and also even tight ends. I mean, that's where the tight ends, you know, Michael Mayer and some of those guys 
took advantage of him because of their, their, their size. And he kind of, he didn't have really the ability last year to cover either the really quick slots or the really big tight ends with the kind of success that you'd like to see. So that's really where he sits is he's a, he's been a solid player, uh, but is not a true coverage nickel in that sense. And that's really where, where he, where he's, he's situated. Uh, and the other thing is he took 931 snaps last year, that's which is incredible. that that's a whole lot. Uh, and you know, <laughs> that means that they trusted him to, to basically do his job. And, you know, he was out there a lot without wearing down. So, you know, that's another, another plus in his, in his department. Now, out of that 931 snaps, two sacks, one turnover forced, and five passes broken up, you'd like to see maybe a little more havoc generated from that position. The two sacks is pretty good from that position. Uh, you'd like to see that, see that just a little, bit more, uh, a little bit more activity against the pass, especially since when targeted last year, he gave up 105.9 NFL passer rating, which was the equivalent of Michigan starter uh, J.J. McCarthy's season rating, which is you know, he's a good player. You, you, you'd like to see him cut that pretty significantly this, this next year and be a more reliable uh, coverage player, especially against some of the verticals that teams kind of victimized him on last year. Yeah. And, and I'm going to channel my inner corny Joey Powell. If I was to look at a photograph, what would be the ideal Nickelback? Who would be on that photograph? I always that's, think of Cam Chancellor, but that's that's a big safety. Yeah, that's um, a safety. Yeah, you know he, he always comes to mind. But who who pick me out one or two players that folks can put in their heads that that's an ideal nickelback, but you can still have success with Boykins and other guys. Some of it depends a little bit on how you structure your defense. So who do you have at safety? Who do you have at corner to kind of work with in addition to that? Because if you've got two lockdown corners on the outside then maybe you want a little bit more of a run run filler on the inside because you can help with the safeties or whatever. If you have a really good coverage safety, you know, maybe that changes some of these things. Um, funny thing is, and I, I'm probably going to get dinged for this because people are going to go, oh, well, you know, that's to be because of his background or whatever. <laughs> but the first three names that, that well, three of the four, first four names that I can think of come from last decade's Florida State defenses. Derwin James is – you know, he's kind of that that safety who can play like across the across the the uh, the defensive backfield. And, you know, maybe you put him at safety rather than it than at nickelback as a, as a rule. But if you got really good safeties and you want to have a dynamic nickel that you can kind of move around a little bit and do some things with, he's a guy. Um, and then, you know, Javier Arenas from from. Uh, from Alabama a few years back is more of the corner, kind of the smaller corner uh, role who can do that. Um, actually, probably your ideal type is Tyron Matthew. Um, right. You know, the honey badger from, from LSU a few years back, that guy, you put him at nickel and he will terrorize you. He's going to cause all sorts of havoc. He's going to find ways into passing lanes. He's going to, you, you're not going to run by him. He's going to be able to cover you on the verticals. He's going to get into the backfield on, on, uh, in run support and on blitzes. He's going to find his way into underneath stuff and generate havoc, get his hands on the football, force turnovers and all of that. That's probably your ideal. 
the other the other two that actually came to mind were Lamarcus Joyner from the 2013 Florida State team. Uh, he had been a corner who moved inside, and at about 200 205 pounds, he he hit like a small linebacker, but had you know sub 11 speed in the hundred meters. So, you know, again, kind of that honey badger type. And, and uh, it's that kind of player that you're really looking for in that, in that sort of star nickelback kind of responsibility where you're getting the hybrid who can cover like a corner, but really is more than that. That that's really what you want. Yeah. And, and for folks listening, those, those are some of the best to do it. So not saying that Boykins needs to be that, but that if you had an ideal, um, you'd love to have it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you can find it, absolutely. It's a major thing. Uh, there aren't very talking, many Tyran Matthews out there. <laughs> exactly. Talking cornerbacks at North Carolina, um, with Jason Staples inside Carolina's football expert. Let's move on down the line. Oh, we're sponsored by Johnny T-shirt, Johnny T-shirt.com. Got to support them as they support us always. Let's move down the list. Legend Cavazos, transfer from Ohio State. I thought he showed some things late in the season last year. Um, still developing, still coming along. Jason, where did you sort of place him on the on the scale that you've created for these scouting reports? And folks can check these out on Tar Pit Premium Message Boards with the, the listings and, and all how the numbers are relevant and all that. But Jason Cavazos, where is he? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of have him down at a floor of 5.1 where, you know, he's kind of the unpolished upside prospect who's got the the high-level physical attributes and traits that you would want for a guy who could develop into a difference maker but just hasn't shown it on the field yet. So he's he's a potential guy, a high-potential guy, an upside pro, uh, prospect, lots of the traits to be a really quality player on the corner, but just – miles of development left. And, and I do think even this year, if he just gets certain things cleaned up, you're looking at a guy that can be, can become a, a player that, that you can win with and that, that can be a, uh, a very reliable, you know, plus starter on a winning team at the ACC level. He just hasn't been that yet. And he was not that last year. Uh, you know, he was, to my eye, a little bit below replacement level last year at corner. Um, you know, and what I mean by replacement level is, you know, okay, let's, let's take this guy and let's replace him with another power five level starter. How much does it hurt you? Like just, you know, you're going to go out and you're going to pick an average, you know, power five starter from one of the other teams in the power five, you, you know, go over, you know, to NC state or to, you know, Virginia or to, you know, Boston college or somebody, and you pick off, you take one of the corners off their team and you just stick it in that spot and you replace your guy with that. Are you getting higher or level or higher or lower level of, of performance from that? That's, that's the replacement level. Right. And to my eye, he was a little below replacement level most of the year last year. I do think that in the last part of the year, he started to show, some improvement, make some strides there. Uh, you look at against NC state against Oregon. I thought he, he, he played better. Uh, he did give up that touchdown against NC state, but you know, if you look at that touchdown, it was a perfectly thrown ball on a back shoulder where he's, he's in good coverage position. And, and this is a theme with Carolina's defensive backs from last year. He just didn't finish. Mm-hmm. 
And that's the thing. I, if, and, and, you know, if we're talking about the overall defensive back discussion, and, and I, know, I know we'll wrap that up later in the show uh, with that, but one of the things that just kept coming, coming up every time I would watch these guys and start looking closely at what they're doing is, dang, can you just finish? These guys would be, you know, right there and then wouldn't finish. And he was one of those guys uh, late in the year that, that had a, a couple of those uh, tight plays. But again, he's a guy where you look at the, the passer rating when he was targeted, he gave up a slightly higher NFL passer rating when targeted than Sam Hartman had on the year. Mm. So that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not great, right? Right. You don't want that. You, you want your, your outside corner to be given up, you know, less than say a top, eight or 10 NFL passer rating on the year for, you know, quarterbacks. So that's, that's kind of where, where he was uh, last year. But here's the thing. When I look at him and I watch him on the tape, you're looking at a guy who is every bit of six, one, he's got good length. He's every bit of 195 pounds. He, you know, tested with a 40 plus vertical and it does show up on the tape. Uh, so he's got that burst He's probably mid four fours in the at that six one one ninety five. Those are some pretty tasty tools to bring to the table. I mean, if you're talking about you know drawing up a a prototypical corner, Legend Cavazos is you know not far in terms of height, weight, you know burst, speed, all of that. He's not that far from what you would like to see on paper on that stuff, but it's putting all that to, to work for you so that you actually see that result that, that really hasn't happened. And a lot of that is, you know, he did not play quite to his, to his time speed because he's a guy that, that got out of phase regularly when it, when it came to, to jamming, he's one of those guys where he was a little heavy footed at times when he was in man coverage and was a little on his heels in press uh, and his hands and his feet were not always really well in sync when he was in press. So that, that's one of those things where you want your hands and your feet to work in concert so that you're mirroring a guy while you're trying to redirect him with your hands. If you lunge with your hands while your feet stop, or if you don't get your hand out at all while your feet mirror, either one can lead to a lot of free releases. And he was one of those guys that just didn't do a great job of redirecting or make maintaining his position in front of guys as a, as a cup, as a, uh, a press co- uh, corner. And that leads to some of the problems that you see where he's suddenly chasing a guy out of phase. That means his hips are behind the other guy's hips run downfield. The other guys in a, in a, uh, in a advantageous position while he's in, in trail or chase position, and then it's just hard to really win from that position on a consistent basis. And otherwise, you know, he would have guys sort of run him off and he would just not process quite quickly enough when he was pattern matching and just be just a little beat, just a beat slow in recognition and reaction. And it's that stuff where that's the stuff that's slowing him down a little bit. If he can just speed that up a little bit as the game slows down for him, all of a sudden he becomes a much more reliable option uh, as a, as a, a corner. And you can start to, he'll start to be able to take advantage of some of his, um, 
of his physical traits. I mean, he can, he bends well at the hips. He's got, you know, the ability to sink his hips and drive on underneath routes when he knows that that's coming, when he's not just a beat off because he's, you know, rushing and, and all of that. That's really where, where he can, he can make that improvement. But I think there there's reason for optimism and I'm very curious to see what's going to happen with some of these, these corners with the new, uh, corners coach with the, with the change there, with the transition there. Cause you see, I mean, I'm going to say some of the same things about some of the other corners in terms of what they showed in, in, in previous years about press technique and some of those things. If some of that stuff gets cleaned up, does it get cleaned up as a position group and all of them improve in that area? I mean, that's something that I want to, I want to monitor. Cause if so, you, you've got, again, this is not a guy who just doesn't have the physical traits to be good. He, he's, he's a guy that could be, pretty darn good if he can just get certain things cleaned up and you know yeah that's that's I guess the last thing to to say about him is he's a guy that I'd also like to see become a better tackler he's got the mass the body mass to be a better tackler he actually took on blocks on the edge with some physicality which shows that it's not a matter of fear Uh, it's not a matter of you know unwillingness to be physical but he's an ankle biter as a tackler he 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 tried to you know basically take out guys ankles too much and dive at people instead of really maintaining good leverage and tackling with with you know proper fundamentals all year and he missed just too many tackles on the edge where you know it's the difference between a you know 11 or 12 yard play and a three yard play and you know that's a big difference when you're on the corner it's it's that stuff that he's got to clean up and again it's just cleaning that stuff up to get to where he needs to be yes yeah, an interesting take and, and you're right i mean I think that is a universal thing that we've seen with a lot of these guys is what you just talked about with Legend Cavazos. Moving on down the list, Marcus Allen. We talked about his brother earlier in the week. Derek Allen transfers from Georgia Tech at the safety position. Marcus showed some skills, showed some talent. Um, how did you break him down, and what can North Carolina fans expect from him? Yeah, I. this is a guy I, I, I'm really high on moving forward. Uh, I, I think he – he showed so last year, first of all, as a true freshman, got 175 snaps, played starter role basically last couple games of the year, last three games or so of the year, and was well above replacement level as a true freshman. That's a good sign, <laughs> right? That already tells you, okay, you got a guy who certain things were already clicking for him. Uh, and who was, who was out there and the moment was not too big for him. And, you know, he, he, he made some plays and he, he, you know, got some things done, didn't give up a ton of plays. You look at on the, uh, on the year, he gave up, uh, an 88.4 NFL passer rating and had a pass broken up in all of that. 88.4 is okay. Like you'll, you'll live with that. And you look at the overall, uh, performance on the edge. He, he didn't give up anything egregious. He did get beat on some things where it's like, oh, man, you, you just you got to take that away. I mean, especially teams were able to run off on him and then hit the brakes. And, you know, it's the, the top gun thing. I'm going to hit the brakes and he's going to fly right by. There are a few of those last year. Um, and he's another guy where even into the spring, he's got to work on the press technique. He's he's every bit of six foot one and a half has longer arms than, than the norm for that. My guess, just looking at him based on overall, you know, just the eye test, he probably has like a six, four, six, five wingspan, if not, if not more, I mean, he's long, 
And I love – like that's a trait that I think is really, really helpful for corners as a former receiver. The long corners who can get their hands on you without necessarily mirroring you perfectly are frustrating. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, his ability to get his hands on you and all of that should be really good. Uh, and he's a guy that against verticals just is a, is a pretty natural player. But he's another guy where his – Press technique and fundamentals just need more cleanup. Even in the spring, he's a guy got on his heels a little bit too much at times. Uh, and he's a guy that that stops his feet too often when he's trying to jam with his hands. So, again, can he get to where he's consistently mirroring properly with his feet with small steps? Because there are other times where he stepped a little bit too big and got outside his frame. And when you get outside your frame as a corner, that's when you get turned around. If you can take small steps and stay in your frame, then you can move with the guy uh, better than than you would otherwise. It's just like ba- just like uh, defense on basketball. You take really big steps outside your frame, and a guy can cross you over. It's the same kind of thing in in, in defending uh, press. And he's a guy that, again, he's a longer, little bigger guy. It's something that you just have to really focus on of making sure that that over over the course of an entire game you're keeping those steps small that you're mirroring uh, along the line of scrimmage and that your hands and your feet are working together in sync to make sure that you are not giving up free releases because again if you're going to play on the line of scrimmage the whole point is not to give a guy a free release if he gets a free release then you might as well be playing nine nine ten yards off the line of scrimmage and driving on the ball you're trying to disrupt some of that stuff and slow the offense down, get them out of rhythm a little bit with that. He's still got a ways to go with that. But I think he's, again, a, another guy that's probably mid to high four fours in the in the 40. He's not a guy that's going to get run by a bunch. I don't think he's quite as much sprinter speed as, as Cavazos, but he's not far behind in terms of his of his long speed. And he's got so much length that he's one of those guys where if he's in the picture – on a vertical, he still may be able to get his hand up and and and, and disrupt vertical routes on that. Um, a, a guy that I think can be a really good player in this league. I think he uh, it, also a willing tackler. I mean, he he missed a few, but he also had uh, a, a couple tackles for loss, or at least one tackle for loss that I remember a, a, a big one against uh, NC State, as I recall. Uh, on a uh, on a screen came, came flying up and took him out he's a guy that's willing to fill against the run do all of those things so a lot to build on there uh other thing that i'd like to see in addition to some of the technical stuff he's about 180 pounds i, I think i think i'd like to see him come into the season at like 190 that if he can add you know eight ten pounds without costing himself speed and be able to carry that through the season. I think that would go a long way for him, but I, I project him as the starter uh, at, at one of the two corners. Uh, I think he's a guy that can be uh, in a, again, a, a well above replacement level kind of starter, not quite all ACC level this year, but a guy that, that is a, uh, a quality starter on one side. And, and I expect to see him play an awful lot this year. 
What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing. Yeah, and he uh, he stepped in um, when two guys that are no longer on the roster were not able to be out there and sort of made some plays. Like you mentioned, a couple guys we're going to close with. I'm going to save your favorite for last. We'll <laughs> go with Armani Chapman. Um, Chapman, of course, been injured most of the spring, um, was in a yellow jersey, uh, red jersey at times, yellow jersey. Either way, not a full go, but did, was able to show some things during some of the open practices and then, the, I guess, the spring game. Jason, he comes to Carolina from Virginia Tech. You know, it's always interesting when players come from rival schools. Uh, you hear the noise from other schools' fan bases saying, yeah, you can have him, he wasn't any good, take him. Um, and then you hear teams that once talk – or fans that once talked bad about said player – for that school now think he's going to be really good. You've had the opportunity to break down as much film as possible on Chapman. What have you seen from him that lends you to believe that he could be helpful for North Carolina this season? Well, for one, he's got over 1,800 snaps of ACC-level experience. He's played a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that's that's <laughs> a lot of experience. Again, playing in the conference in the same against the same teams he's going to be playing against – and playing in a you know in a Virginia Tech defense that puts a lot on their corners. I mean they they've going back to Bud Foster and I think he was a Bud Foster recruit. He started under Bud Foster. Uh, so you know going all the way back to there they they like to press with their corners. He played a lot of press uh, and generally speaking they were pretty well coached in terms of how they they handled their press technique. There's a long tradition there of, of, of doing that. This is a guy that, that has been through that. He's been through the wars in the ACC. He's played well in the ACC. Uh, and he's done it as a, as a boundary corner playing against the best receiver on other teams and being a reliable player in press man kind of situations that in itself, you just add that to the roster and you've raised the floor significantly. Right. I mean, he was, he was, pretty decent last year and and some of the traits that he brings to the table you know is he an elite cover guy is he a lockdown corner no he is not he is a pretty darn good reliable boundary type corner but uh, uh but really where he where he brings it is he just gonna highlight here first of all he's 100 he's 208 pounds uh is, is what he's listed at i think that's a legit measurement so 511 208 he's rocked up he's a big guy uh, and you look at his missed tackle rate the last two years, and this is over 1,100 snaps, basically. 6.7% in 2021 and 4.3% in 2022. He missed one tackle in each of the last two seasons. He gets his hands on you going to the ground. When he came up and run support, when he, you know, got his, when he got near somebody in terms of a ball carrier to handle his run, run responsibility or against screens or whatever, that guy got on the ground. And that's a pretty good trait, right? I mean, that's, you know, even if you got one trick, that's a good trick at, at, at corner, <laughs> right? Now, 
the the thing and and he he has much quicker feet than you would expect from a guy as quick as uh, as big as he is. He mirrors really well. He's a patient uh, player in press. He will let the the receiver kind of come to him before he redirect redirects, and he's strong. So uh, you know he does a good job with with getting his hands on guys and redirecting. He is a physical corner. That's what he does. Now the downside is you're looking at a guy that is only. I would say a mid four five in the 40, uh, you know, I don't think he's any better than a, than a low four five in, in long speed. He's a guy that if the receiver does get over the top, he's not going to have the tools to really catch up all that easily. You know, there's some guys that can run away from him. And we saw that a little bit in the, uh, in the spring where he gave up a, a long one in the uh, seven on seven portion where he just got run by. And so, you know, that's not ideal. And that's, the, that's one of the things that makes him, that, that makes him a little bit more limited. Um, he is, and I said, as I mentioned, he's a good tackler. But one of the things about that is that he sometimes will let the player come to him in order to, you know, be sure on the tackle. I'd like to see him be a little more aggressive and run support at times. Uh, but basically, that's the, that's the read on him. He's a guy that against really fast receivers, he's probably going to need some safety support. And he can be, you know, kind of a hard corner against those guys, but not, not that one-on-one, you know, you're just leaving him on an island and, you know, it, he's not going to get run away from kind of corner. But he becomes a solid option as a boundary type guy. A guy that I'm interested in, actually, he's a guy that once he's healthy enough to, to sort of see those reps, I'd like to see him see what he looked like on the inside, you know at that star position. And I think there should be a lot of competition for that star position this year, but with him at 208, 210 and being able to tackle like he does and having some of the short area quickness that he does and the physicality that he does. I mean, that that's one place that I would, I would think would be interesting is, you know, do you want him at the, at the boundary with those traits or do you want him maybe slotted inside at that times with those traits? Sometimes that's all you, all you really want. So I think he's a guy that's going to play, in the rotation as a, whether he's actually a starter or not, he's going to play as though he were a starter and he's going to have, you know, 500 plus snaps this year, as long as he can stay healthy. He's going to be a a viable player in the secondary. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think he will be a key part of it. The the Virginia Tech, North Carolina dynamic is very interesting. I'm impressed how you've upgraded the roster in the room there with you. Um, But let's talk about who you think, (laughs) has really upgraded this North Carolina roster. That's Elijah Huzzy. I, I will preface your remarks by saying this. We're doing these players' lounge interviews with Hills for Life, and we've been doing them. And to a person, to a player, when you ask, name one guy on the team that will surprise people, everybody so far said Elijah Huzzy. Jason, tell us why. This dude's a stud. <laughs> <laughs> this dude is a this dude you put on the tape a little bit and you're like okay well that's an NFL corner he uh the best way I can put it is he looks like a soccer player with a little bit of with a little bit more thickness he he's a guy who uh who he when his when he moves his feet when you look at his calves and his and his just overall build there you're looking at a guy who moves like a top level soccer player that's a good thing for a corner right a guy who can move and shadow and do all of that stuff at that level 
that's what he looks like. And he's a little on the squatty side. You know, he's not that long, which is something, like I said, I, I like guys who are really long on the, on the corner. But it doesn't matter when you're that quick. And he's a guy that in terms of his ability to mirror and to, to you know, hang with guys, whether he's in a, in a press man, you know, jam situation or whether he's in a zone and playing off, he's a guy that, that just in terms of his processing speed and his foot quickness and his ability to marry his processing speed with his foot quickness, you're looking at an absolutely uh, a guy who could be who could be, and I use this word carefully uh, generally, but this is a guy who could could be elite. He's I think he's very good at the very least, and is a guy that that you know with good health and uh, and the right circumstances and all of that could be a guy that is a you know he's an NFL starter type. Uh, I think in the NFL his 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 role probably winds up being on the inside. Uh, and, and that's where, you know, I think North Carolina against certain teams may well decide to take him to the inside on, you know, again, let's say a team goes four wide on you on third down. Maybe you put your four best corners on the field and you put Huzzy one-on-one with their slot receiver. If you think their slot receiver is dominant, you know, if they have a, a Josh Downs type or, you know, they, they do with the, with the slots, what North, what North Carolina likes to do with the slot. Maybe you take your best cover guy who also is a full 200 pounds. You know, he's not a small guy. He's uh, about 195 pounds. You put him on their best cover guy and just say, okay, you're one-on-one in the slot. He gives you some of those options. I think that's probably where his, where his position in the NFL will be. Although I think he's big enough and, you know, he's fast enough to be an outside corner in the NFL. Uh, He's a guy that, that, when he so first of all, I think he's a mid four four type type player, and then uh, and then when you look at what that allows you to do as a against verticals, he plays without fear against vertical routes. You see, he just does not he's not worried about getting about getting run by on verticals, so he can play aggressive underneath because he's confident he's going to be able to catch up if you get a step past him. He may be wrong once in a while, but he's still going to be there to make the tackle. He does not get beat badly. And then when it comes to short stuff, the foot quickness and the ability to stick the foot in the ground with some stiffness and drive downhill, he closes on the football really, really well. Uh, and again, I think he he's he could be really special there. Uh, I, I do think he's going to need to prove that he can handle the week-to-week grind of you know the Power 5 type schedule. And he does have some room to improve as a tackler, but otherwise, I think this is a guy that that I expect to be in contention for all ACC honors. You know, first team all ACC type honors. I think he's going to be on NFL draft radars by midseason, most likely. Uh, this is a guy I'm really looking forward to to watching. I mean, I, I think uh, uh, you know he's he's a guy that that is a thicker version, maybe a little faster version as well of a guy like Asante Samuel, who's out at uh, out in out in Los Angeles. Uh, for the Rams right now, I, I, I think he's that kind of guy that, that could be, you know, first day, first two day type pick in the NFL draft. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. It was a little disappointing not to see him in the spring game um, when he was when he was out and unavailable. We're, we're talking to Jason Staples inside Carolina's football expert. Uh, the scouting reports are all over the Tar Pit Premium message board. Get on there and check them out. Jason, before I let you go, just give me a, 
a quick minute, two-minute type overview of this position room. Has Carolina upgraded this room from the 2022 season? I do think North Carolina has upgraded the the cornerback room for the 2023 season compared to what they had last year. On paper, you might not think so because you're you're eliminating a five star, uh, a former five star recruit in Grimes, and then Duck Storm Duck had been a uh, had been a good player for you before he had his injury. But but really, Duck never quite got back to his pre injury level, and Grimes was an effort minimalist to certain in certain respects when it came to physicality and, and certain things like that. Uh, and, and didn't have quite the year that you, ex, you would have expected from somebody with that kind of pedigree. Uh, I think what you did is you replaced Grimes with Huzzy. And I think Huzzy is an all conference type player. And then you're replacing duck with someone who replaced duck already with basically the same level of play last year with, uh, with um, Marcus Marcus Allen. And then to that, you add Armani Chapman and Chapman is going to compete for that other role. And at at the very least, that gives you more confidence in your, in your backup situation. Cause you already have one of your main backups back with legend Cavazos, who should be a, a step further along than he was last year. And then you know, in, in place of your other backup, who's who was Marcus Allen, you have a guy who played, if you look at the pro football focus le- uh, uh, ratings, played basically at the same level that Storm Duck did last year anyway. So essentially, to me, you've upgraded in terms of overall depth. You've got two guys that were the, that one of your backups is probably going to be one of your starters this year. And then behind him is a guy that played at the level as, of one of your starters last year. And then you're pulling in an all-conference type player for a guy that didn't play at an all-conference level. To me, that's where they are. I think uh, I think they've got a chance to be pretty good on the corner. They're just going to have to get some more help from the defensive line, getting more pressure, which will, you know, if they get more pressure from the defensive front, then that's going to make the corners look better anyway. But I think they will be better regardless. It's just a matter of how much better they look, and that's going to depend a lot on how much pressure they're able to get. Indeed, that's Jason Staples. I'm Tommy Ashley. I've been listening to special podcast segments, uh, UNC Football Scouting Reports. This has been the Corners. The Safeties was last week or earlier this week. Uh, we've got defensive line, edge, linebackers, all that stuff. Across the board with Jason. Of course, we're sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Check out all the rest of the content on Inside Carolina. Rate us, review us, subscribe, all that good stuff. Jason, I do appreciate it, my friends. You have your hands full with these and with other things. It has been a pleasure listening to, <laughs> to you uh, power through it, my friend.